0: Wow, that was a great cliffhanger.
1: Welcome to the WhoView interview. I am Michael. I'm Shelby. This is
0: Colin. And
2: I'm Charlie.
1: <laughs> and tonight we're going to be revisiting the episode Dragonfire. We did actually rate this a long time ago, but it wasn't Shelby or Colin or Charlie on this podcast. So Was it back
3: in the 80s? I, I, don't, I don't know that it would be fair
0: to say that we are revisiting this. I, th- I think this might be more you are revisiting The
1: it. Whovian Review is revisiting mm, it and getting fair. everybody's opinion uh, that is here the now. The grand collective
3: we of the Whovian Review.
1: The royal we, if you Well, will. it just seemed natural to go from <laughs> Delta and the Bannerman, which we seem to have as one of our least favorite stories, to this story because it was the next one in order so
0: but it uh, was fun and we got to meet ace and as a character she was great and we got some great character development for savalon glitz so
1: can
3: i I tell you a misconception of mine Mm -hmm. it may be showing my gender bias you we were talking about ace coming into the party you know last week and all the characteristics of ace i was like oh this is some dude that's coming (laughs) into the and no It was it was a beautiful woman you know probably uh, in Charlie's observational too scantily clad for the temperature exactly that we saw through no, at the it
2: I, I have to say um, I am a little biased because I've met Ace before but Ace is such a typical like 80s female character <laughs> that like you know the leather jacket mm-hmm. the blonde hair she's the Sarah Connor of Doctor Who I feel like.
3: I can see it. I, I'm picking up on those vibes already, and it, and it's early, but I already have to say, I think it's an improvement over Mel. I'm not very close to Mel. You, 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 know, you know, Colin, what's funny, my
0: dear husband, uh, the presentation that we did on the women of Doctor Who centered very strongly on ACE being a great turning point for the women.
3: Oh, well, I was there, and I was heavily promoting that, but also, you know, <laughs> I wasn't living it, you know, in my real Doctor Who fandom. It was more of, like, this meta layer of fandom. Um,
1: to be fair, Ace has a little bit better backstory, because she actually comes in uh, from a time storm that she explains uh, to Mel in this story, and she actually... Um, Wasn't quite sure how it started, but she thinks she started it because she was using chemicals and blowing things up at that point.
0: And that doesn't seem likely.
1: (laughs) No, probably not. But it is interesting because it's just how did this time storm come about and why did she end up on this ice world?
0: But it's a little bit doctor-like. You know, grew up looking up at the stars, wanting to be anywhere and everywhere
1: else
3: yeah but i mean in her her defense i mean what isn't typical about the experience like i never feel dressed without my nitro
1: (laughs) i will say though to, to in a little bit of defense for mel i think mel works actually quite well with ace and they've gone on in the audio series to have audio adventures with mel and ace together and they are phenomenal in those so i think that um, at least with writing, I mean, Mel gets a little bit of a boost in this episode because she has someone to work off of. She's not trying to work off of someone she's she can't re- really relate to.
3: I thought that was you, a, no go. go I on. thought it was an interesting dynamic because, like, usually you see a, a new companion coming in, really making a connection with a doctor. But here you saw the yeah. the companion really making. Uh, the strongest connection with another companion. And
0: that companion then
2: left. I I was going to say that I'm a little disappointed to see Mal leaving so soon, because I was hoping to see a couple more episodes with Mal and Ace that have such a wonderful dynamic. Well,
1: that's uh, actually quite interesting you said that, because originally Bonnie Langford was supposed to stay on for the next two stories. Really? But... But Bonnie was getting kind of a backlash from the audience, and she was feeling like she just didn't belong on the series. And so she decided to bow out earlier than she originally had intended. That's such a
2: shame, because her chemistry with Ace is fantastic. And you yeah. can see that coming through.
3: Yeah, it surprised me, you know, um, because it seems like near the end of this episode you would think it would go on. You know, that, that would be the connection yeah. point of the glue you know, for the relationship moving yeah. forward.
0: But but it sort of has some, like, bittersweet, I don't know, symmetry to it that, you know, when the doctor is, like, when she's leaving, the doctor goes on a little speech about, like, oh, you know, you're leaving, you're, com- you're, you're coming, I haven't even met you yet. That's because the doctor actually meets Mel in a very interesting way. He's on trial and reviewing footage of the future
1: a future adventure. A,
0: of a future adventure that the prosecution has brought up against him and it depicts Mel and then later she, because of that, gets pulled in to like his, like, at that point in time, and then they continue having adventures, but, like, there was never actually, like, a point where he met her. It's timey-wimey
3: <laughs> stuff. It's self-fulfilling, circular prophecies of time. It's
1: well, well, the fact that Mel goes off with the sixth Doctor at the end of Trial of the Time Lord confuses a lot of people, but I think the idea is that she is, he's taking her back to where she was taken out of time. Um, as opposed to having the Time Lords do it. And I think that was kind of
0: his way... And then he
1: went back and picked her up? Well, yeah, eventually he goes back in the future and, and then has a future adventure with her. But... The weird part is the real, the confusing part. I feel like the doctor would just kind
0: of skip the middle ground and just be like, well, let's just say I dropped you off and then picked you right back up.
1: But the problem is, is that she has to meet the doctor for the first time, and we don't get that. She's already knowing the doctor in all of her adventures. The doctor already knows her before he actually sees meets her. So it's kind of timey-wimey to the extreme. So it, it, the little speech that the Seventh Doctor gives to her at the end is kind of sweet, but it also is confusing because <laughs> Mel's just is one of those characters that needed a little bit better writing. And they could have done something with that. They could have actually had the Doctor meet Mel. But, of course, they had the behind-the-scenes drama and everything going on, and Sylvester McCoy coming in and Colin being thrown out. It just it kind of screwed up their plan
3: yeah it definitely seemed like and maybe it's just because you know I didn't grow up in the 80s myself and I'm not familiar with the era but it it does seem like she was really riding you know that I don't want to say full on damsel in distress mode you know but Mm, she's very much leaning into like kind of like that tropey like Oh, I am the woman of the of the episode and I have kinda, these yeah. stereotypical characteristics.
1: Well, I think that comes out in her screen. Bonnie Langford was hired because of her screen.
0: No, it's 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 also it's the writing and <laughs> yes, like it's it the <laughs> characterization. Like that's the that's why Ace is so different.
1: But also Mel's a very inconsistent character because there are times where she actually does do something. Like she did actually in Delton the Bannerman she had a little bit more of an active role. In getting to know Delta and trying to work with her in that regard yeah, but,
3: but nothing she didn't really do anything very no, no but
0: she's, she's like super smart and like has all these like yep. you know reasons why she should
1: be useful but then isn't and again that's the, the bad writing of season 24 they totally messed up the characterization and they unfortunately messed it up for Bonnie Langford
3: that seems to be, like, a theme that I see in Doctor Who just, yeah. like, moving into, like, the future, you know? It's, it's not that the acting is always as bad as the writing is, you know? I, I see fantastic actors and actresses that don't get their opportunity yeah. the way the scripts are. It seems like
2: um, sometimes they let the behind the scene dramas get in the way of writings and directing the episodes or the stories. So that's an unfortunate uh, thing.
1: We also see that. we also have t- Tony Selby, who unfortunately passed away this year, but he plays Sablon Glitz, who is of course from *Tile of the Time Lord*. Comes back and sees the Doctor in his newly regenerated form. So it was kind of nice having him come back. And if I th- if I could have had any person in the history of the classic series become a companion, I would have had Glitz because yes. he's the un- he's he's like the most anti-Doctor companion you could have. He is everything opposite the Doctor. Brilliant foil it would be.
0: He's fantastic. Like he just like every time we see him he's like doing that same thing where he, you know, has gotten in over his head in some sort of situation some scheme he's trying to make money off of and it's all falling apart but he thinks he can weasel his way out of it. And the Doctor basically swoops in and just like through like collateral Opposite of damage (laughs) Um, comes in and saves the day for him. Like, honestly, it like seems to happen kind of repeatedly because Glitz always turns out better
3: for it. And I mean, honestly, it it, it, doesn't. That sound a lot like the Doctor, though. He's coming into this big situation in over his head, thinks he could just. Think his way out of it. It just so happens the doctor can.
1: <laughs> that's true. Um, we have some villains here: Kane and his mercenaries, Velaz and Kraka- Uh Those were that was the guy with the mustache. The they kind of are the the I guess you could call them enemies. I think Kane's really the real one. Villain. Yeah. The story. Um, I mean, you
3: think the dragon would be the villain? I mean, you think yeah, that's yeah. that's what they're setting it up for? But. The dragon's our best friend. <laughs> oh,
0: okay, so like, but it was like after they discovered it was a robot, they kept calling it a creature. So is it like, was it like a cyborg? Like, what was It was it?
1: probably something like in between mechanical and and organic, is my guess. It, it, that's what it looked like on the inside. Yeah,
3: just like my mom, after she had that car accident, she got some screws in her leg. I've been calling her a cyborg ever since. <laughs> so. Edward- they're simple machines, they're machines nonetheless, she's cyberkinetic.
1: <laughs> I would say Edward Peel does a great cane. I think he's kind of... He definitely is one of the more James Bond-esque kind of villains that just has that kind of creepy kind so, of vibe. Uh,
0: and yet, like, with Batman, he needs to be cold, Mr. Freeze.
1: Uh, yes. So, yeah,
0: I definitely thought about Batman and Mr. Freeze, but my
2: the whole entire episode I was thinking, is it just his hands that can freeze you over? Or, like, what if he presses cheeks? up against you, would you freeze and die, too? That's a good
1: question. (laughs) That's getting a little intimate now, Charlie. (laughs) I mean, honestly, at the end,
3: the the illusion that I was going with was... I'm melting, I'm melting! <laughs> yeah. Although that special effect was pretty cool. It was. I mean, for the time.
0: I think they just, like, melted a mask. Like, I feel or, like, they, did they make a
3: full, like, picturesque the, wax figure yeah. of
1: the guy? Yes, I it, think was, it was a wax it. thing. Very, very similar to what they did for Raiders of the Lost Ark.
2: I feel like they skipped a few uh, scenes, though. They, they could add a couple more frames in there and make it a little bit smoother, and it would be even, like, scarier. It probably was, probably was only scary episode. for a
1: few... <laughs> yeah. Another uh, yeah, that's true. another actor or actress I should point out is Patricia Quinn, who of course is from Rocky Horror Picture Show. She plays Balaz, who is the unfortunate uh, person who, at the age of eighteen, decides to take Crane's coin, and she can't get rid of it from her hand. I thought that part of the story other than and she's probably the only other character that's surrounding Cain that actually isn't is effective at all. I mean the other guy that goes in and tries to raise the temperature just stands there looking at him and then gets killed off because he's still there. I, I mean, mean usually he'd run he's away from
2: committed to murdering Cain. Like I like this guy. He's standing <laughs> there, he's making sure that he does his job percent but, but he doesn't do his
1: job And he just gets killed off For no reason
3: <laughs> He's what Abel should have been
1: <laughs> um, Yeah um, And we've got this cliffhanger <laughs>
2: Fantastic
3: Cliffhanger.
1: The worst cliffhanger. It's a
3: literal it, cliffhanger. What, do, mean, what, what is a yeah. better cliffhanger? Okay,
1: why does the doctor just take his umbrella, put it over a railing, and then slide off of it into the middle of nowhere? It's a terribly shot scene. The director didn't For know. Dramatic he was doing. effect.
0: Yeah, he yeah. just he just like like honestly, carefully climbs I mean, into
2: position. Honestly, I think Sylvester McCoy carried that scene with his facial expression. <laughs> What am I doing? <laughs> it's just the
3: doctor <laughs> knowingly getting in over his head, thinking he can get out of it, and being right. Yeah. You know,
1: there's supposed to be a ledge below him, and he's trying to get down to it, but it does not show that there's a ledge when he looks down in that last sequence. And that's, it, it's just the special effects of the day. Yeah. To re- be really fair, puts the ledge in allegedly.
2: To be fair, you know, cliffhanger has to be terrible. And so, in that sense, they did
3: a fantastic job. They did. I mean, how stereotypical could you get? Exactly. It's like, there's no way out of this. Like, they showed that there was no way. Yeah. But of course. You know, there's you just go to the next way episode, like, oh, yeah, we're just down here now. Yeah. <laughs> it worked out. The only way
2: out is downward.
1: Oh, dear. Uh, talking about going down, we have this little girl that's that's throughout this story that's just kind of there for so like, no
0: reason, for
1: no real reason, <laughs> just to be cute, I guess. But she ends up surviving, and so does her mother. I guess she must have gone off to the bathroom or something. If she was looking for her later on, she was. But like everybody yeah. was, like everybody yeah, was yeah. in the nest for all two. So how did she not get shoved in there with everybody else? I mean, it's, I just I know the dragon took care of the girl, but.
3: Yeah, makes I was, me want to make a call to CPS. I was
1: just...
2: I feel like it's a family show and they felt like the girl should have her mother to take care of her. Like, I, I she was shouldn't just, be an yeah. orphan. I was, she was like she shouldn't
3: should, be traumatized by murders and skipping around with yeah, her toy I, bear, but... I, I kind
2: like, <laughs> of, like, scared at that uh, scene where, like, she just witnessed everyone get shot and then she went over and start drinking, like her um, milkshake and then like yeah, I'm done I'm gonna walk out
1: she she needed something to calm her fears I guess
3: I don't think she was I mean scared. after that I need a milkshake too but she de- <laughs> did seem to show a few signs of psychopathy she,
1: she does <laughs> I was just waiting for her to go into the TARDIS because she kept trying to get in anyway <laughs> that would have been a, a, a very interesting companion yeah
3: and then she would see that it's bigger on the inside i always love a companion interaction there you know stereotypical I honestly, it's good to see from the past
2: i was confused i thought that was ace when she was a child and then for some reason gets swept away to another planet and then doesn't remember this part so like it's kind of like the story wrapped around
3: hey, like, maybe we'll learn that next season <laughs> new. i mean it could be the case <laughs>
1: I will say that the two characters that go off on this bug hunt uh, just are really awful at what they do. (laughs) Especially the guy who cannot even know what weapons he needs to bring on this uh, adventure.
3: Yeah, I mean, two, two of them got killed when it was already dead... So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's turned to be much worse than that.
1: <laughs> Not to mention that he gets shot by the dragon, and then he turns around, and there's nothing on his back. So it's like, okay, what happened?
0: No, there was a little charcoal.
2: Af- no,
1: after afterwards, <laughs> but when he first turns around, you don't see anything.
0: Yeah, there were there were definitely some scenes where they just like kind of threw all their takes together, and. Also, the ice or the sheets of plastic that were on the sides. That's
2: that's the one thing. It's like, like the team were like slipping on the ice, but then the next moment you see them like walking just fine.
1: Actually, like, that's the doctor that's slipping. So I, I need that.
2: to know. Like he needs to commit to one. Is the is it slippery in this area with all the ice and snow, or is it like yeah not normal? Slippery?
3: I honestly <laughs> thought it was some like alien metal the whole time because. No one was acting very cold. It didn't <laughs> seem all that cold. I yeah, mean, yeah. Why I are they wearing like, normal the clothing the wardrobe? <laughs> like, I, I w- just wish I heard like a brrr or a shiver or a, you know, yeah. a, a little something at some point because. It didn't well, seem all that cold to I, me. I
1: guess it was hard to do on those very hot sets that they had.
2: Also, they were supposedly near um, liquid nitrogen, which which is really cold. So if you get near liquid nitrogen, you could get like freezer burn and stuff. And <laughs> the exploded. first scene, the guy's like barely touched the outside, and he was fine. <laughs> His arm was fine.
1: Well, it looked fine, but he he did actually react as if it hurt. So I I'll, get, I'll give him at least that. Well, well, plus I think they called it Nitro-9 or
0: whatever. Like well,
1: that was Ace's a- yeah, yeah. terminology. Oh, right, yeah. She she called it Nitro-9 because it's her little kind of concoction. That, actually, I, I don't mind so much. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind. As a matter of fact, the 13th Doctor later references Nitro-9 in um, Curse of the Sea Devils, I believe. Um, or at least one of her later episodes. I can't remember which one it was. Which one did we see recently?
3: Sea uh, Devil. Was that the, the last in the new
1: season? I I thought so, but I I could be wrong. I just remember her, she actually mentions Night. Yeah, no, it is the Curse of the Sea Devils. She she Was mentioned Night. Was it Nitro. in the
2: episode or I, the trailer to the next episode?
1: Because no, it's no, it's 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 in Curse of the Sea Devils. Oh, okay. I, think I think it's I, Legend. It's it's Legends of the Sea Devils, but it's I I think it's kind of like a. Uh, like a preliminary kind of foreshadowing that Ace is coming. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Channel yeah. probably did do that. Anyway, back to Dragonfire. Uh, any other thoughts on the plot line, the story? It did get kind of... Well,
3: I have to admit, I'm pretty disappointed by both the lack of dragons and the lack of fire. I felt like it was a very <laughs> misleading ep- uh, title for this episode.
2: I think it was, like, enjoyable, but the ending seems... <laughs> Kind of like, it just fall off a cliff. Kind of like the doctor. (laughs) Because (laughs) the guy found out his home planet is gone. And then what does he do? He's just like, oh, let me just enjoy the sun.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Commit suicide. (laughs) I give up on life after 3,000 years of trying to seek revenge.
2: You'd think he might get upset or figure out something else. But he's like, no. If my home planet is gone, it's time for me to look at the sun. I guess. Get a, a suntan. Melt away.
1: Well, I think we should start rating this episode.
3: I think we've already started. I think we've already started some, some Asian language. <laughs>
1: All right, Colin, we'll go for it.
3: Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm jumping right into this one, as per usual. <laughs> um, a lot to say, but also not too much to say about, <laughs> about these three episodes here in Classic. I have to say, I I think this is reinforcing my bias of um, that humans have learned to tell and, you know, show better stories over time. I wouldn't want to go back to the 80s if those were my only media choices um, compared to what I have today. That being said, in comparison to the last episode that I watched, um, this was an improvement. This was a step up. There was some coherent plot. Um, and, and a lot of this may come from my own mindset, the setting, and, and where I was tonight, and, and my own state of mind. But some of this episode did go over my head, and I was not very well oriented to it. So um, I, you might need to put an asterisk or not acceptable, you know, or not applicable, rather, you know, next to my name here um, for this particular rating. But that all being said, we'll skip the preamble from here on. That there, and and we will say that. This was a, a fairly interesting story. I mean, I I'd always love having a nice creature of the week that turns out to be your best friend and pal. I thought that was a fun dynamic. Um, I thought a literal cliffhanger, I mean, come on. That's, that's just fun, even if it was poorly executed. Like, yeah, i got to give him points for just throwing it in there. Just like I think a lot of this episode just seems like it was thrown in there. It seems like there's some element <laughs> yeah. in Throw in a, a little girl, you know, in a shiny dress with a, with a stuffed bear. Why not? I mean...
1: Milkshakes because, on heads. Yeah.
3: I, um, but, you know, I, I did really appreciate Ace as a character. It makes me excited to see more of her and her story. Um, and, and for me, you know, it was enjoyable despite all those negative things that I, I just ranted about. Um, so I think this is earned. It's 6 out of 10. Charlie?
2: All right. Um, so I definitely enjoyed the episode. I've heard a lot about this episode, actually, um, especially the cliffhanger scene. But, um, you know, I'm going to be against all everyone else, all the other fans, by saying that it's one of my enjoyable cliffhanger scene. Um, I think they did with what they have, and I think Sebastian McCoy, with his comedic skill, did definitely pull it off, Um, and it it, it was enjoyable. Uh, I definitely enjoyed the plot line. I think the story could have gotten smoothed out a little bit more, but overall, it was a good story. Um, There's some random stuff, like the little girl, um, like, with Ace, I'm kind of a little confused with her background story, like, where she came from. Is she human? Is she alien? Like, because all we got was she was from another planet, and somehow she got to this planet and with, and working. In well, they did say
1: it. she's from Perryville Earth.
0: I, I okay. think she was saying that she used to pretend that she was from another planet.
2: Okay, okay. Yeah. So, I was, was kind of with Colin, because in the middle, I was kind of a little confused, I do uh, like the fact that they managed to throw the whole sets together using like the most inexpensive things, like plastics and um, like I guess like um, whatever else with the snow, random metal stairs. Yeah, random crates and metal stairs. Um, the monster was actually fantastically well done uh, for the budget and whatnot. And uh, I do agree with Colin that um, the story seems like they, they're they just, like, putting patches and pieces in together, kind of like Ace Jacket. <laughs> but somehow it actually worked out well. And, like, the jacket, I think it it's, looks fantastic. Um, I'm going to go with a 5 out of 10. Right smack dab in the middle. Because it's enjoyable. All
1: right, Shelby.
0: All right. So there are a lot of things that are just horribly wrong with this episode, but I like it so much. It's so <laughs> much fun to watch. Like, it, it, like it's very entertaining, and, you know, I've, I've seen it twice now, and honestly, I, you know, sometimes struggle to get through the classic Doctor Who just because I think that uh, the pacing tends to be off when they have to, you know... Put a cliffhanger every 20 minutes or so. Like, it really chops up a story in, like, an odd way that, like, is generally unnatural for the story. So, like, it kind of... I don't know. Um, I think, I think that always makes it difficult with these. But this one, just for whatever reason, just, like, I have just, like, thoroughly enjoyed it. Both times watching it, I would watch it again, like... <laughs> it's just... I mean, it's got some of my favorite characters in it. And... You know, I mean, obviously the Doctor is one of my favorite characters. Not, like, a ton in this story, <laughs> but, you know, he's there. But, like, Saval and Glitz and Ace are great, um, and especially Ace, she shines. And, yeah, we get, like, a really, you know, thorough backstory, and as far as that goes, it's like an introduction to a companion. It. It was good, and as far as, you know, a companion ex's story, it was also good because we did see, you know, Mel's involved and stuff, and she left in kind of a cool way. Like, oh, I'm going to leave, but I'm just going to, like, adventure with someone else, maybe someone who will, you know, let me do a little bit of wrong sometimes, perhaps, or someone that I can, you know, (laughs) beat into line. We'll see how it goes. Uh, But anyways, I... I found this very enjoyable, but, yeah, it was a lot thrown together. The thing with the girl, like, it was like there was, like, enough focus on it that I just, yeah, expected something to happen. Like, maybe that was ace, or maybe, you know, (laughs) there was something relevant about this in some way. But, no, it was just this little girl who probably goes up to be a serial killer because all the things she just (laughs) experienced. And it's just, you know... Um, I'm going to give this one a 6 out of 10. Oh, also just got to say, like, props to the villain for just being, like, a comic book villain. Like, just so hardcore. Like, I'm evil. I like to kill. And I have this weird obsession with my ice statue.
2: Can I I I (laughs) say something, though? I just realized that this story with this, um, with Mel... She's the only companion I know of so far who actually have a happy ending, <laughs> parting away from the doctor. Like she didn't die, uh, she didn't. You know,
1: I don't know about going off of Glitz is happy, but it's definitely I mean, better. She chose, but it was by yes. choice. Yeah, no, she
0: chose to do <laughs> Not
2: it. Not sure
1: why Mel would choose Glitz over the doctor, but okay. And
2: she's gonna have a fun, fantastic adventure. Maybe she'll be a, like, you know, tread the line a little, be on the bad side sometime. At least not a sad departure. Exactly. But, like, most of the modern Who's companions, they either die or die.
3: (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if we can do spoilers, you know, some 40 years in advance. (laughs) I
2: apologize, guys. Yeah, I I, think that's (laughs) fair.
3: But I, I do think we you know, we see uh, we see uh, Rose getting getting her a happy ending even with, you know, some yeah, other that's you true. know, that's side true. actor coming into play. That's true. But she did
0: have a sad ending first, so she kind of yeah. got both.
3: By- yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. She was- gotta vanish to another, like, dimension. Yeah, but like she's, she's, she's kind of
3: got I mean, a perfect life there. And, and yeah, and Clara so- is going to die, but she has a TARDIS and so gets to <laughs> take advantage of all the space and time. I mean, is that really a sob story? Bill has a similar situation. All space and time. Yeah, but
1: still. Martha actually had a pretty realistic ending where she kind of grows from her... Her um, mistakes in the past and then also actually becomes a leader on Earth. She does. Like,
3: more autonomous for her people. Like, I don't think that's a sad ending. I wonder how Yaz will
1: end. We'll find Ooh, out.
3: Well, she did It's already let, a little
2: sad.
1: Let's yeah, finish the ratings real quick. Oh, sick. sorry. Yeah, Mike. Sorry. Okay. You're here, that's right. Uh, <laughs> Mike, you <like, laughs> <reading> this already?
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I, I, let me just state for a fact that season 24 is the worst season of Doctor Who, including all of Jodie Whittaker, uh, and I know that we've kind of been pretty harsh on her in the first place, but I would say that season 24's writing was so out of whack. They were still trying to. Yes, that's his season. So we've got Time and the Ronnie, we've got Paradise Towers, which I think everybody gave a one, and we had Delta and the Bannerman. Finally we get to this story. It is a slight improvement, but it isn't enough to make this season any better than it was before. I think the uh, the set design even though they had shoestring budget was pretty awful. Um, and Sylvester McCoy is still trying to get his footing as to what kind of a doctor he wants to be. Is he going to be serious? Is he going to be sweethearted? Is he going to be kind of cunning? Is he going to be silly and goofy and just all over the place? Yes. It it really doesn't... (laughs) It really doesn't... um, He really has no clue what he's going to do at this point, and that's unfortunate. Um, So he's still trying to find his footing, and that kind of detracts from this episode a little bit. I think um, the best players, like we've said, are probably Kane, Glitz, and Ace. And um, But is that enough to save this story? I mean, I would say yes, it's a guilty pleasure story. It's, it's far far better than what we've had come before. Um, I'm going to give it a 5.5 out of 10. Um, it gets a little .5 just because of Glitz.
2: Wow! Did you just give a
0: higher
1: rating than I did? did
2: Honestly, like
0: I, I can say that like I feel like I should have rated it a five, but I can't because
1: I just I just really love this. You story. don't you you can rate it a six. There's nothing wrong with that. No,
0: no, no. I'm just saying that's how I like I feel about this. I like look at it. Okay. And, like objectively, I should I should
1: give it a five, but I just I can't do it. Well, it's well, just so enjoyable. <laughs> to give you perspective. The other two members of the podcast who last rated this was Jeremy, who gave it a one, that and tracks. and and then our friend Craig at the time he wanted to give it a negative one. And I said, no, you can't go off the scale; that doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> so
3: it is a scale well, my of my one to is ten. Six very generous, and I feel more validated by my confusion in this episode. So remove my asterisks. Um, you know, six might even be generous, but I'll stick with it. I, I think I, think I had I had some genuine moments of hilarity, laughing out loud in this yeah, episode. Exactly. Oh, and, when Ace! Oh, yeah, when and, and Ace! Actually, I don't know about the intention or, or how they got there, but. There was entertainment value.
0: Oh, man, could we talk about the philosophy scene where, like, the doctor goes up with just, like, seemingly the worst diversion technique? It's Like, oh, like, excuse me, Mrs. Security Guard, let's talk about philosophy. And the guy just, like, pulls it out and is just like, I love philosophy. Let me give you all of my beliefs. And they just have this intense discussion. Shelly, okay, you should be
2: stereotyping guards, okay? Guards are humans and are people... They have philosophy. No, 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 no. no. I, 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 I knew, You're but that's it. the
0: whole point. That's what makes it funny. And
1: and Ace's reaction when Mel suggests they play I Spy with my little eye is absolutely priceless. I love when yeah. the
3: doctor gets into a philosophical discussion. And the the yeah. question comes to him is like, and you know, there's probably like a good you know twenty seconds of you know monologue before he's like, and what do you think about that? He's yes. Like, yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's well worth it. All right. Well, thank you for listening to this episode. We'll be back next week with yet another episode.
3: Catch us on the, all the social medias. Don't block us now.
1: <laughs> yeah, And we will see you later. Have a good night. Bye. 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 Bye.